Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to this week's Failed Critic Podcast, a trio rather than a quartet this week. I'm Steve Norman, I'm joined by James Diamond. Hello. And Owen Hughes. Hello. No Jerry McCauley this week, he is puking his guts up somewhere. Uh, Possibly dead. Mm. Rumours that he... We just don't know. Uh, Rumours that he's actually Eddie Romain are uh, um, unfounded. Yeah, although we don't know that he hasn't been kissing Ellie Redmayne. That's that's all I'm saying. We've never seen the we've never seen the two of them in the same place before, so we don't know no. they're not the same. It person. would certainly explain uh, Jerry's reaction to uh, Lamey's mm. coming out exactly. with such gushing yeah. comments. I wonder why. All yeah. of a sudden, he really yeah. liked Lamey's. Yeah. yeah. That's what, um, that's what's going on. We're going to make him sing when he reappears on the podcast. Um, <laughs> what we'll make him sing one day more and see if he is actually the man himself, or he was just ill and vomiting everywhere. Uh, so this week, a little bit different. We're going to have no uh, quiz because it's unfair on Jerry. Um, it's unfair on Owen every week, but you know. <laughs> um, but and then we know what we have been watching this week either. But James is going to tell you what uh, we have got. Uh, yes, so this week, um, well, we've got a bit of news because a bit of news came out today that I think we need to uh, have us take a stand on. It will be familiar news to a lot of uh, our regular listeners. Um, we've also got, though, we're going to have a quick chat about the BAFTAs. We're going to have a chat about our Oscar predictions for less than a fortnight away. Uh, we're also going to have reviews of some of your kind of online streaming options, basically. So three of us uh, without Jerry, although I think Jerry was just looking at rubbish ones anyway. So we're we're talking about the the three big ones uh, between the three of us, looking at your online streaming options, um, what's good, what's bad, what's available to watch on there. And finally, we're going to finish off with our main review this week, which is the new Disney film Wreck-It Ralph. Right. So uh, do you want to start with your movie news, James? Yes, well, first up then, um, I'll start off with the bad, and um, we'll move on to yeah, last night's BAFTAs uh, after that, but first, the new Die Hard film, and from now on I'm going to insist on... Welcome to this week's Failed Critic Podcast, 
a trio rather than a quartet this week. I'm Steve Norman. I'm joined by James Diamond. Hello. And Owen Hughes. Hello. No Jerry McCauley this week. He is puking his guts up somewhere. Uh, Possibly dead. Mm. Rumours that he... We just don't know. Uh, Rumours that he's actually Eddie Romain are uh, um, unfounded. Yeah, although we don't know that he hasn't been kissing Eddie we've, Romain. That's, that's all I'm saying. We've never seen the we've never seen the two of them in the same place before, so we don't know no. they're not the same. It person. would certainly explain uh, Jerry's reaction to uh, Lamey's. Mm. Couldn't have exactly. been such gushing yeah. comments. I wonder why. All yeah. of a sudden, he really yeah. liked Lamey's. Yeah. yeah. That's, what, um, that's what's going on. We're going to make him sing when he reappears on the podcast. Um, <laughs> what, make him sing one day more and see if he is actually the man himself. Or he was just ill and vomiting everywhere. Uh, so this week, a little bit different. We're going to have no uh, quiz because it's unfair on Jerry. Um, it's unfair on Owen every week. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but And there will be no what we have been watching this week either. But James is going to tell you what uh, we have got. Uh, yes, so this week, um, well, we've got a bit of news because a bit of news came out today that I think we need to uh, have a, take a stand on. It will be familiar news to a lot of uh, our regular listeners. Um, we've also got, though, we're going to have a quick chat about the BAFTAs. We're going to have a chat about our Oscar predictions for less than a fortnight away. Uh, we're also going to have reviews of some of your kind of online streaming options, basically. So three of us uh, without Jerry, although I think Jerry was just looking at rubbish ones anyway. So we're (laughs) we're talking about the the three big ones uh, between the three of us, looking at your online streaming options, um, what's good, what's bad, what's available to watch on there. And finally, we're going to finish off with our main review this week, which is the new Disney film Wreck-It Ralph. Right. So uh, do you want to start with your movie news, James? Yes, well, first up then, um, I'll start off with the bad, and we'll move on to last night's BAFTAs uh, after that, but first, the new Die Hard film, and from now on I'm going to insist on calling it Die Hard 5, I'm not going to play their marketing game anymore. Um, A good day to sell out. Yeah, yeah, it's been announced that it will be a 12A certificate in the UK. Those of you who remember my rant about Taken 2 being given a 12A certificate. Um, we'll know exactly my th- feelings on this, but I, I think this one is even... This is an even worse decision because the United States is getting a an R-rated cut of Die Hard, which apparently would have been a 15 over here. So if we think about this, the United States is getting the proper version of Die Hard. It, it's getting... The Die Hard 5 film that Bruce Willis, the director and the studio, wanted to make. The UK is getting a version which has been cut to allow 12-year-olds to go and see it. 12-year-olds shouldn't even... It wasn't because of the censors, though, was it, that it's been cut? Oh, no, no, no. Basically, it it is... uh, And, yeah, definitely not blaming the BBFC here. Um, What happened here was the studio had a cut. The BBFC looked at it and said, that will get a 15 and the studio said, what do we need to do to make it a 12A? And they just followed the BBFC's advice. Absolutely, yeah, no, you're right. And there is no, there is no kind of, um, I've got no truck with the BBFC here. They're just, they're just giving advice to studios. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's Fox that have made this decision to cut it for the UK 
audience specifically. Uh, and to me, that's even worse than what happened with Taken 2, where at least everyone got the same. Here, in the UK, we are being asked to shell out the same kind of money as they have to in America, but they get the film that's meant to be released and we get a crap version of it. And um, uh, and the, the annoying thing is it's not like extra swearing and extra violence automatically makes a film better. And the fact is we've been dancing around this. There's, there's a very, very real likelihood that Die Hard 5 isn't going to be a very good film. The, ver- the fact that it hasn't even had press screenings kind of usually suggests bad things about a film. Um, it's about the integrity. It's about the fact that we're not even seeing the best version of this film uh, and the version of this film that was designed. And, and as with Taken 2, I've got a massive issue about the the idea that we should be marketing diehard films at, at 12-year-olds and younger than that as well. But let's, let's remember the 12A. When they have 12A, he can't even say yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers. If you've seen him on like ITV or on a plane, it's always like dubbed to Mother Flipper or something. Yeah, yeah. Mother Hubbard. Um, and apparently, that is a there is an actual specific case where motherfucker has been cut for the UK to miss off the end of that. So his famous catchphrase, okay, the the phrase most associated with the Die Hard franchise, has been cut. For UK audience, so that eight-year-old—I'm going to say eight-year-olds now—I'm going to be even more emotive and put in even more hyperbole. It's so three-year-olds can go and see Die Hard Five, and it, it really—it winds me up. It really winds me up. Um, there's a very um, few people on Twitter. Well, more than a few people on Twitter not happy about this. Um, a guy called Ali Gray who runs at Shiznit, very very good film site. Today said. Um, this is the fault of everyone who went to see Taken 2, essentially. <laughs> you idiots. And and I agree with him. And also, as I replied to him, this is also the fault of everyone who didn't go and see Dread. You fucking morons. That's a good um, point, yeah. I, studio. I, mean... I, can't, I cannot blame the businessmen at a studio for doing this. I just don't think we should automatically agree with it either. Uh, we shouldn't just lie down and take it. Why should it's you be really making it? Me. Die Hard's never been for 12-year-olds, so why are you changing things now? Just Although Die Hard 4 was a 12A. Wasn't it a it was 15? a poor film. No, it was a 12A, and then it got... They released... A, they're doing what they did last time. They released a 15 version. But at least Die Hard 4 was also um, a PG-13 in America. Die Hard 4, was just, just, Die Hard 4 was just stupid, because they went across the whole country, didn't they? Or the yeah, whole, wet, a, the whole a, East Coast. It was just... A plane getting I mean, taken down by a car I mean, in a tunnel at one. Die Hard Three, <laughs> Kevin Smith, and it forgot. Die Hard Three was in New York, but I mean, the best Die Hards are when they keep it to one small location, and he's yeah. wearing a vest. Yeah, and that and that essentially um, is all Die Hard needs to be. Yeah, uh, it's it's just it's just it's really kind of oh, it's it's just really depressed me that that is the way the industry's going but it is the way the industry's going sadly and 12 year olds are more profitable than uh, basically fox have looked at it and gone we're going to make more from allowing 12 to 15 year olds to watch this film than we're going to lose by shitty podcasters <laughs> saying that they're not going to go and see the film but i'm not i'm not going to go and see this film that is 8 pound or whatever of my money that they're not going to get again and I will keep doing that until someone bloody listens to me. And so what other movie news have we got? We had the BAFTAs this weekend. Yes. In the UK. 
Yes. Um, good BAFTAs, I thought, actually. Um, I, I really like the fact that it's you know, a good couple of hours on TV. No adverts. Nicely hosted. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Just and get through the awards. Yeah, just bang, bang, bang. I'm, I'm very, very happy with that. Um, big, uh, well, big surprises. Uh, we'll start off with the surprises first. Um, well, a massive surprise actually for me was, although I predicted it, but I predicted it more in hope than expectation. Emmanuel Riva winning Best Actress and beating uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Jessica Chastain. Uh, so she won that for a more. Uh, sadly wasn't able to be there and it did look a bit weird having Jeremy Renner just stand on stage and then kind of walk <laughs> off with the award. That looked a little bit odd. Um, He's not it, the kind of person that correlates with the, the actual winner, is he? I know. I, I did see someone on Twitter earlier today said, wouldn't it be like horribly ironic if you turned up in Paris uh, and she was dead or something like that, and, uh, kind of in keeping with the film. <laughs> That's nice. Um, um, <laughs> And I actually then pictured it, and I nearly cried again. Um, another big surprise, and a, a re- one I was really happy with, Skyfall winning Outstanding yeah. British Film. Um, yeah, think, go for it, Owen. I was just going to say, I was fully expecting Les Mis to get that. Mm. Do you I think, thought Skyfall's a film that was sort of quite well received by the public, but there were sort of um, criticisms of it in the press. So I thought with a massive production like Les Mis, that it would actually kind of walk that category. Mm. But do you, you know, it's an Oscar-nominated film. Skyfall um, didn't, didn't get anything, so... Yeah, I'm really, yeah, no. really glad it won. Do you think they felt obligated to give it to Bond because it's 50 years of Bond now and it's such a British institution, both the BAFTAs and Bond, that they kind of I felt, think, we've got to give it to Bond, really? I think there will have been a a slight... Sent- I, I imagine there would have been a slight sentimental edge to the vote. Also, the fact... And, the kind of opposite of sentimentality, the fact that it this year, well, in the last year, became the biggest grossing film in British cinema history, which I think will have also earned it probably some votes from that side of the Academy, um, producers, that kind of thing. Um, but it fully deserved award, and I was just really pleased to see it pick up a serious award because it did really deserve some recognition. Um, brilliant film. Everything else pretty much went according to the script. Um, Argo continued its unstoppable march towards Oscar glory, um, which uh, yeah, I predicted a few months ago, but uh, I won't dwell <laughs> on that. Um, Affleck picking up Best Director again, just it does make the decision of the Oscar Academy not to even nominate him for Best Director is just looking more and more farcical by the awards ceremony. Now that he's picked up the, the Golden Globes, he's picked up the Director's Guild Award, now a BAFTA. Um, and it, it does make me think that they're going to have to give best film to Argo simply because that's the only way to kind of repay the fact that he got snubbed massively in that category. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis I think was a really obvious choice for Lincoln and a deserving choice as well. Uh, Anne Hathaway, the other complete shoe-in, complete lock. She took her uh, award for Lamey's for Best Supporting Actress. Um, and Best Supporting Actor um, Christoph Waltz for Django Unchained, uh, with a lovely speech, really, really heartfelt speech to Twen- Quentin Tarantino. Did either of you two see that? Yeah. yeah. It was directed directly at Tarantino, that wasn't it? Yeah, I was really, that was a real kind of moment of absolute honesty. Um, mm. It was just a lovely moment, I thought. 
Yeah, it, I mean, like, like I say, it was directed straight at him. That wasn't a speech for the public. That was just no. Christoph Waltz on a platform there to tell Tank, you know, how much he sort of admires and respects him. So it yeah. was quite touching, yeah. yeah well, I also um, thought Daniel Day-Lewis's speech was brilliant, by the way. When he I'm, accepted yeah. Because you, you get the impression he'd be quite a humorless man just yeah. because he's so serious about his craft, but his joke about having had to have been in character for as himself for 55 years in <laughs> preparation for this day was was really nicely done, actually. Um, the other big surprise for me, actually, was David O. Russell picking up adapted screenplay for Silver Linings Playbook, which I'm not hugely impressed by myself. I know Jerry's quite a fan of it, um, but I, I, I expected that to go to Lincoln, um, and I was surprised it didn't. So mm. that all of the awards picked up awards they would have hoped to have got, um, leading up to the all the films uh, leading up to the Oscars, so it does. I don't think it, anything's really changed in terms of the Oscar race, but it was it was a good solid BAFTAs. I thought. Yeah, I agree, and I think Stephen Fry did a great job again as host, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He was, um, he's got that kind of demeanour about him, hasn't he? Where he quietly goes about it, he puts in all these little jokes, and I know it's all scripted and everything, but yeah. he kind of he works it with the, the sort of celebrities and the. Film stars yeah. are there. Yeah, it was quite good. I thought he was good. And there's, there's no arrogance there. No, no I like no, him. No. Um, and George Clooney and Samuel L. Jackson also just, oh, damn it, they should be over here more often. They seem to really <laughs> like coming over to our awards. And damn it, they're so damn cool. Samuel L. Jackson, especially his uh, his little speech towards the end before announcing best film was was very nice. Yeah, well, I was a I little like bit it. surprised actually. I know we've gone through the sort of surprises and everything, but mm. I was a little bit surprised searching for Sugar Man one documentary. I'm pleased it did. I was just mm. kind of expecting it to go to the Imposter. Um, yeah, I mean, especially as it picked up an award earlier on in the evening with the um, yeah. uh, outstanding um, de- debut. I thought it would actually, yes. you know, Person- perhaps- Yeah, personally, I preferred the Imposter just because the Imposter was one of my few five-star films last year although Searching for Sugar Man is a heavy Oscar favourite so I wasn't hugely it, it's it's heavily back to win the Oscar for best documentary now so uh, that didn't surprise me as much I had a feeling Marley might take it but I was horribly wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah I really liked Marley as well but I don't think yeah. it was going to be Searching for Sugar Man no mm. um, so where do we want to go now do we want to go streaming do we want to go to the Oscars or do we want to go well save Wreck-It Ralph for the end because that's where these yes. things traditionally let's, go. Let's do our let's do our Oscar. Um, yeah. So just to let let everyone know, we're all going to predict the uh, the big eight categories at the Oscars, and whoever gets the most correct. And I've already I've got a tiebreaker rule. It's uh, if if there's a tiebreaker, it's whoever would have won the most money in terms of odds on their selections. Um, they get to choose a film for all of us to watch and report back in a future episode. Um, and just to let you know, I am going for Old Boy if I win. Okay. <laughs> Have we got to pick? Is it one film individually for the rest of them, or is it what the same film for everyone? As a collective review, as a collective review, yes. Right. So, um, do you want me to go first? Yes. Or, or should, let's go through. Let's go through each one first, um, and we'll start with Jerry's each time because Jerry's emailed me across. <laughs> so, best film, uh, Jerry has gone for Argo, which is also the film I have gone for. Owen? Uh, put me on the spot. I'm going to say Argo as well now. Yeah. Steve? Yeah. I'm, 
I would say Argo, but I'm gonna just go. I'm gonna go something completely different, just because everyone else has gone for Argo, and I'm going to go for Lincoln. Even though I've not oh. seen it yet, I'm just, I will see it before the Oscars. I just haven't seen it yet. I think, but I'm gonna... I think that's the one that might beat Argo. Is but I think I personally. Think I just didn't want to be the two. same as everyone else, or else it would have made that's for a very, bit of a boring competition. Keeping it interesting, Steve. I think yeah. it's clo- it's closest to beating Argo. I think, but it's between Argo, Lincoln, and Zero Dark Thirty. I don't think the others are really with a chance of winning that category. No. no. Okay, so let's move on to director. Um, Jerry has gone for David O. Russell for Silver Linings Playbook. Um, Jerry, what do you think? I don't know. Oh, wait. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Ang Lee for Life of Pi. Okay, Steve? I'm going to go for, for Ang Lee as well. All right. Okay, uh, I'm going to go for Spielberg in the absence of Affleck. Um, uh, I know we're not doing uh, what we've been watching this week, but uh, James liked my my review of um, oh, yes. Life of Pi oh, so much. Like, I'm going to yeah. condense it to to one line: uh, Life of Pi. The hyena was a complete prick. <laughs> yeah, the film would have been so much better if he never got on that boat. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a good film as it was. I can tell he really made you angry. He did. I can tell. Right, imagine ang- that film. Imagine that film plus a monkey, plus a zebra. <laughs> yeah. For the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. It'd be a very different film. <laughs> I, I think I, I think I've made my argument, and um, yeah. There you go. Fair enough. Mm. Go- <laughs> um, right, a best actor. Jerry's gone. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis. I'm going Daniel Day Lewis. Owen. Oh yeah, of course, Daniel Day Lewis. Steve. Yeah, I don't think any. Feel free I, to go with that. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. I don't think anyone else will win that. I think that's no, as locked in as it's going to be. I think. Yeah. I think if there's two um, bankers, okay. it's that, and it's supporting actress, and yeah. anything else is a bit more open. So, best actress then. Um, Jerry has gone for Jennifer Lawrence, the favourite. Um, Steve, who do you think? Um. Not seen. I've only seen about half of the films that have been nominated for this, so I'm going to go with Jessica Chastain for Zero Dark Thirty. Okay. Uh, Owen, yeah, Jennifer Lawrence as well. I've not seen it, but I think the, the sort of buzz around it is that she's been quite um, admired for her role in that. So yes, yeah. Um, I'm going to go for Emmanuel Riva for a more buoyed a little bit by last night's result but also the fact that I've got a pound on her at 12 to 1 and I feel like <laughs> I can back up my bet. I do think Lawrence is going to take some stopping in that one but I'm going Reva. Let's, let's see if she can help me out there. So best supporting actor then. Um, Jerry has gone for, this is the interesting one where um, all of them have been, have won it before which is a nice little mm. nice fact. Um, he's gone for Tommy Lee Jones which is also the man I've backed uh, only at seven to four, so not great odds. But I'm also going Tommy Lee Jones for Lincoln Owen, uh, Christoph Waltz. Yeah, I thought you would, and I, I would. Lo- I really want him to. He, I'm, he, I'm going for Christoph Waltz as well. Yeah, it's, it's a good choice. Um, I think I, again, I think it's between those two. Uh, best supporting actress. Um, do I'm sticking this in here, but I'm, I'm not sure there's any need. I'm going for the half. <laughs> And yeah, so is Jerry. I, yeah, I, I think that's a clean sweep, really, isn't it? Yeah, Owen, just to check. Yeah, and Hathaway. But I do think Sally Field could possibly 
Is she in this category, actually? Yeah, she, she is. Oh, yeah, she yeah, is. Just, yeah. Possibly, yeah. yeah. But no, it's going to be Hathaway. Really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is where it gets a little bit interesting, also a little bit unpredictable. Um, we're going to go for best adapted screenplay. Um, which, to, just to let you know, Jerry went for. If I can find it, I've got too many tabs open. Terrible. Um, best adapted screenplay. He went Life of Pi. Um, Steve. I'd go along with that as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go for Argo. Okay. And I've forgotten what's nominated there. God, this is terrible. I'm too busy trying to write it all in a little spreadsheet as we go along. <laughs> um, oh, God, where is it? Is it really near the bottom? No, it can't be that it's, near the bottom. There's Argo, this is Beast of the Southern Wild, uh, Life of oh. Pi, Lincoln, or Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, I'm going Lincoln. I'm going Lincoln. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. And you went Argo, didn't you? I went, yeah. I went Argo, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, and then finally then, uh, original screenplay. Uh, I'm going to go for Amore. Um, and Jerry went for uh, Django. I'm oh, agreeing with Jerry. I'm going okay, with Owen, Owen's yeah. gone Django. I'm, I'm going to yeah. agree with, with James. Oh, Ooh. I've not, nice. I've, not like seen, I've not seen it, mind, but I'm just going to back on more. So there we go. Um, what I'll do is I'll pop a blog up on the um, uh, on failcritics.com this week with my betting tips. After my six out of seven success at the BAFTAs, you might be might be wise to listen to me. Can you do an Can you do an Oscars accumulator I'll, as you can in football with football match? Can you do it? Um, it's really annoying. Um, well, I've never been able to find an online bookies that will do an accumulator because it's the whole one result affects the others type rule. I can't remember what the actual betting term is, but it is, for example, if one award, if one film picks up one or two awards, then it means they're actually more likely to pick up other awards or something like that. It's a, it's a bizarre rule. Um, so I've only ever been able to put on singles, it seems, which is a bit annoying. Right. Um, so there you go. <laughs> that's, that's that then. Right. Uh, ch- streaming services then. Um, Jerry's not with us, but he only had rubbish ones. I've got Netflix. Uh, James has got movie. Never heard of it. And it's uh, really good. Uh, it's, it's my kind of. <laughs> you'll, you'll work out why it's my kind of streaming service. And Owen has got Love Film. Yep. Yes. Who would like to kick us off then? Silence. I'll, do, I'll go. I'll, I'll go first. Oh, go go on then. Oh, you're gonna go, Steve. I'll go. I'll do Netflix because yeah, okay. because mine mine will probably have a bit of bit of controversy over what I'm going to talk about in part of it. But I think I think we we didn't we've deliberately not spoke about it before, but I think we're okay to, and I'll explain why. So yes, I okay, I well. I use I use Netflix. It's available on your laptop probably on some new tellies that I haven't got yet and on Xboxes and Playstations and Nintendo Wiis and Blu-ray players and all that. It's basically available on anything that you can connect to the internet, really. Tablets and everything. Um, the UK version is okay. Probably got a little bit more to watch on it than Love Film. But what I found a way of doing, and it's not a secret, um, I think we're all right to talk about it, is you can access... You bl- 
Yeah, you blow my mind here, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can you can if you don't know already, you can access all different Netflix from all the different regions around the world if you use a website called Unblock US, which is what I'm doing. Well, there's probably other ways of doing it, and you pay a little bit extra money a month, and you can get access to the US Netflix, Canadian, Mexican, Brazilian, loads from around the world. I think we're all right to talk about this because. Netflix don't offer this themselves as a service, so you can't, you're not effectively, by going on Unblock US, you're not stealing anything from Netflix. I can't pay Netflix yeah, more. You, I can't pay Netflix. Yeah, in, in the UK, I can only subscribe to UK Netflix through Netflix. I can't pay yeah. Netflix any more money than I already am. I'm not stealing anything from Netflix. So, no, in my mind, they no. must be okay with it because they've not bought this option out through themselves yet. Maybe they will one day once they've caught on to how many people are doing it and think, well, if they're paying someone else to do it, they might as well pay us to do it. I think it's, it's quite it's complicated a, with the rights to the, the actual licensing rights. Yeah. yeah. Um, what I would say is there is actually a free way you can at least access the um, a really simple free way you can access um, any US content, uh, which is using if you use a Mozilla Firefox um, web browser and use the Media Hint plugin. Uh, you can access uh, NBC website. You can access all the American uh, networks that show their um, TV programming and stuff on the line as well. So there's, there's a number of ways that you can do it. So yeah, you'll find Steve. So mm. carry on. So yeah, well, about Netflix. once you do that with Netflix and you're paying probably eight, nine pound a month, you've got so much available to watch that you can spend half an hour looking for something to watch before you actually settle on something. I mean, there's so many TV series, so many good documentaries and good films on there. They're pretty good at updating stuff. There's, new, you know, relatively new stuff on there. There's, there's stuff being added weekly. Uh, at the moment, I'm trying to simultaneously watch The West Wing and Cheers, which is a massive jump between shows. But yeah. <laughs> they're, they're both fantastic. They're yeah. both They're both things I recommend. If you're into football... And you do the unblock US. You can go to the Brazilian Netflix, and there's some fantastic football documentaries on there. Um, I'd use a website called Moreflix as well, which gives recommendations as well as you being able to search. You can search easier on Moreflix for what there is to watch across all the different Netflix, rather than just whichever one you happen to have loaded up at the time. Um, but I I did use Love Film previously, and I'd I'd recommend Netflix over Love Film, even if I didn't have it open to all the different regional Netflix or Netfly, as probably plural. <laughs> Netflixes. Yeah. <laughs> um, um. Do you get a free trial with it, Steve? You do. You get a month's free trial for Netflix, and you get and a month's free trial for Unblock US as well, just to see if you like oh, that yeah. kind of service. Excellent. And can you recommend? Uh, something online so if someone wanted to go and watch a film what would you recommend on netflix at the moment um there's, there's so much honestly i can't I, <laughs> I haven't watched a film on there for a while cause i've been trying to get through the west wing and cheers and mm. a few documentaries um dreams of a life is on there which which i watched on netflix which has been on channel four recently yeah um our, our documentary of the year last year yeah yeah um i watched i watched craigslist joe on there, a documentary which was really good about a man, a man called Joe who tries to go for I think it's a month just living off the goodwill of people who he contacts via the website Craigslist, um, which is which is quite interesting. Um, 
it's not the best documentary, but it's certainly not the worst. It is interesting. It's worth watching. But I, I, <laughs> we should stick that on the post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it is good. It's worth watching. Um, I would I would have done things differently to him if I was doing it. But um, he meets a lot of attractive women doing it. That's what I was really surprised about. There's a lot of there's a lot of attractive just women who are really generous. Typing Craigslist into yeah. my browser. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking Craigslist LA and Craigslist Leicester might be a little bit different though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Owen, tell us about Love Film. Okay, um, I'll just sort of very briefly go into the kind of packages they've got available on the website because they've got about I think they've got eleven subscription packages and then another three which are just basically like pay-as-you-go packages but the prices are variable depending on the type of package you want so if you want one that's just renting dvds and blu-rays um you know it's quite cheap but you can get one which streams um films online as well which is a bit more obviously but then you can get a cheaper package which just streams and you don't get this so it's it, there's quite a lot of sort of variations to sort of suit what you want really um the cheapest package which is the most sort of basic you can get on there um, is just under five pounds a month, but then the most expensive package is about fifteen quid. So I think you know it's not too expensive, even if you have the absolute maximum where you're renting films and games and watching stuff online. So it's not bad price really for what you get. Um, as far as I'm aware, uh, you can't stream Love Film to your phone. So you've, you, if you've got an iPad, I think it's fine, and a Kindle Fire, it's fine. Yeah, if you've Kindle got like a, you can. Yeah. Yeah, but if you've got um, an app- Amazon own Love Film, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so I think I think it's purely on the Kindle at the moment. Anyway, right. I think that's one of their big tie-ins. They've got quite a good app on the. Um, uh, well, I'm, I've got a Windows phone, and the app for that is quite good. Mm. I'm not sure what it's like on the Android, but you know, it's good for sort of checking the trailers. Oh, for and managing your list and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But it's, there's, there's nothing to actually watch films on your phone yet. But. Um, the, uh, you can use it on your PS3, 360, and, and your Wii and all that kind of thing. So, you know, it's quite good. Um, positives of the service, I, I mean, I'll, I'll start actually with a, with a negative, really. I've had a little trouble with them in the past with renting discs. So back before mm. I used to use the streaming service, I just had a package where um, I had whatever films were free to watch online and the discs of the post. I used to get them that come through with scratches or they'd send me the wrong film three mm. times in a row it was like three times in a row they sent me the Ryan Reynolds version of Amityville Horror instead of the original three times in a row <laughs> I ended up just writing on the envelope this is not a correctly labelled disc um, <laughs> but you know the customer service team are generally sort of quite obliging and yeah. they're easy to sort of get hold of and they're, they're sort of quite, quite I, helpful just a note on um, on Love Film customer services after I cancelled uh, Love yeah. Film by the way, if you cancel Love Film, in about six weeks, you'll have enough free membership cards to have Love Film free for about a year. <laughs> um, but the guy, on the, some guy phoned me up from Love Film asking why I cancelled and if I'd want to come back. And I said I'd join Netflix. And he admitted that he was a member of Netflix as well and thought it was much better than Love Film. I thought, well, you're not really doing your job there, <laughs> yeah. are you? Yeah, it, also, if you ever want to cancel Love Film... Uh, do it after midnight because then you don't have to phone them. You can just go through the online thing. That's what I've learned as well. Ah. Uh, it, the bit where it's the bit where you have to phone them to cancel after midnight, it turns to a button where you answer a few questions. 
Well, I, I phoned them up to cancel before. This was a while ago now. I phoned up to cancel, and they do. They're quite good with you know, like phone companies. They don't want to lose you. They'd rather have some custom than no custom at all. So they're, they're quite good yeah. at sort of offering you deals if you do try and if you do want to quit. So, um, and they do some great offers as well. If you have a look online, I'm sure I've seen, seen things through Groupon and Amazon's Black Friday a couple of years ago. Yeah, if, you, if you're not already a member, they're really good, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> They are, yeah. If you're not a member at all, yeah. Some, if, if, you're not, if, you, if you're not a member yet, give you know, drop me an email after after you've listened to this, <laughs> and I'll send you one of these free cards I've got because I've got loads now. I reckon I've got two years worth of those somewhere. Jesus, yeah. But um, I think what what I quite like about uh, Love Film actually, outside of just sort of renting films from them, is that they they have a Twitter account which is always up to date. They've got some people who tweet some great links to stuff. I've had a few conversations with the staff on there as well about different things. And I think they're actually, um, that's one of their sort of strongest aspects, really. That they're, they're very yeah. approachable and easy to, to get hold of. If, even if you've just got questions to ask them about actually something on there doesn't work, then it's fine. They've retweeted me a few times about stuff I've said I've been watching on there. So, yeah, I quite like the Twitter service they've got. Narcissist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean... Actually, one other thing that strikes me that, that's a problem with Love Film, I think it's a problem with pretty much everywhere that streams stuff, apart from like BBC iPlayer, subtitles. I would really like to see somebody introduce subtitles, not just for like the accessibility stuff for, you know, people mm. who are disabled, but I just think it would just make the service a bit more, um, a bit better. I sometimes like to, like if I've got a lot of data entry to do at work, I'll just stick a film on in the corner of the screen. And it'll just have the subtitles running, and I'll just kind of glance over to it. That would be really handy, but for some reason, I'm, they don't put it on there. There's not an option to put it on any film on their website, which actually I think is, from an accessibility point of view, quite bad. But um, uh, yeah, the, it's the same. Oh, I've, I've seen a few people talk about this. It's the same with Netflix. Bizarrely, it's due to copyright issues. <laughs> yeah. Um, if the film doesn't already have, and apparently this is a massive thing about um, streaming is. If uh, if the subtitles aren't already on the film as part of the screen, uh, so a foreign language film essentially, mm. um, yeah, apparently they're not allowed to put the subtitles on because it breaks copyright laws. Yeah, but there's got ludicrous. There's got to be something to, some way around it because, like, like say, iPlayer does it. If you watch a film on iPlayer, you can put subtitles on. Right. So okay. So there must there must be something. Barely something. Yeah. yeah. But, what, um, what film would you recommend at the moment that's available? They've got, uh, they, they used to have a pretty poor selection of stuff to stream, actually. That used to be really bad, but they've, they've increased the, what's on there quite considerably over the past sort of 12 months. Stuff like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy is on there. That's really good. They've got loads of TV series, but I'm going to recommend Carnage, which I think was a bit of an underrated film. Uh, and it has BAFTA winning Christopher Waltz in it, so, you know, and Jodie yeah. Foster, Kate Winslet, and John C. Riley. It's adapted from a stage play, directed by uh, Roman Polanski. I thought it was really clever and really funny. Uh, it's quite short, and yeah, it's worth a watch. Cool. So, what is this streaming service that you uh, signed up for, James? Okay, okay. it's called Mubi. Um, M-U-B-I. Uh, basically, what I really like about it, A, it's cheap. It's two ninety nine a month. Uh, and you'll kind of see why in a minute. But I, I, sometimes um, 
restrictions can be a positive, in my opinion. Mubi does not have a vast catalogue in the way that Netflix or Love Film have. Uh, Mubi is designed with the the film connoisseur in mind, shall we say. Um, it's essential. So, do you ever get that feeling sometimes if you go onto Netflix uh, or Love Film and you get, there's just too much and you end up flicking through the mm. catalogue for about 45 minutes to an hour and then just sticking on an episode of a TV programme you've been watching, okay? If you've ever had that... The way Mubi works, and Mubi is available on your laptop or through a very good PS3 app. Um, I don't think it's got an Xbox app at the moment, but a very, very good PS3 app. The idea is um, every day they put a new film available for you to watch, which is then available for 30 days. So you've got a kind of constant rolling catalogue of 30 films available for your 2 99 a month. Um, and it is like having someone with very good taste in film saying, why don't you try one of these? And it's really nice, actually. There's a lot of really good editorial about it. So it's, again, sometimes with Netflix and Love Film, I'm just overwhelmed. I don't know what to watch. Whereas this is quite focused, quite editorial. And a lot of their choices in films will be linked to uh, a new release that's out. Like every Friday, the film they put on is re- is linked in a way to one of the releases that's out. So, for example, um, the day that Django Unchained came out, they had 310 to Yuma on there uh, for 30 days. So it's like, it's a modern Western. Um, they have a really good mix of documentary, art house, and some kind of more mainstream films as well. Um, and as well as their 30 film rolling uh, catalogue, of really good films they've also got a number of films which are constantly there and they've also got a load of short films that you can watch as well so it's really and they're always available for free as well um but to just give you a quick idea because obviously only 30 films you might think oh that's not a lot of choice but at the moment you could watch films like salmon fishing in the yemen 310 to Yuma. They've also got The Cabin in the Woods on, which isn't available on Love Film or Netflix mm. yet and that's something actually some of these films are on here long before they get onto the kind of more mainstream streaming places. So Taboo is available to watch at the moment. That's a Portuguese film, which was in, I think Sight and Sound named it their best film of 2012. And it's only been out in the UK on DVD for a matter of weeks. And that's available to watch on here. But they've also got films which can be really difficult to find. So Man with a Movie Camera, um, which is a Russian I think it's 1930s yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. Again, in the Sight and Sound top 10 films of all time, that's currently available to watch on there. Um, Hidden, uh, Michael Haneke's Hidden is currently available to watch. Uh, Waltz with Bashir is available to watch. But you've also got The Blair Witch Project, um, Hard Candy. So some films you go, oh, I haven't seen that for a little while. And some films you go, I've always meant to see that. And it's it tends to be the type of film that you won't readily find easily elsewhere unless you went out and paid 10 to 15 quid for you know a world cinema dvd because unfortunately they're not usually very cheap so it's at the moment you know my my recommendation probably would be um either the cabin in the woods because that i loved that film uh, and that's a really fun to watch um but i'm also can't wait to watch taboo or man with the movie camera when i get a chance to so i'm definitely going to watch both of those yeah. as soon as i get a chance to um so like i say 2.99 a month uh, it's got a month's free trial if you sign up through facebook so you just need to log in with a facebook account and they'll give you a month's free trial um 
yeah, it's a really, really nice little site, and I'd like to see more people using it. And again, they've got a good active Twitter account, which um, tweets a new film every day, and also they email you and let you know which film has been added to the catalogue each day as well, so you're not going to miss out on any. Lovely. So what would you recommend to watch on there? So either The Cabin in the Woods, because I know I've seen it and it's brilliant, um, but I've also heard very, very good things about Man with a Movie Camera and Taboo, and I'm going to be watching both of those. And, and you didn't mention a cost, I don't think. Two ninety. I think I mentioned it a few times, Steve. I just don't <laughs> think you were listening. It's two ninety nine. Make sure you sign up for it on the website. Um, sign up to it on the website because it's two ninety nine. For some weird reason, you can get um, a rolling monthly, um, con- well, not contract, a rolling monthly subscription through the PlayStation Network store, but it's six pound if you do it through the PS3, which makes me think that Sony are taking three quid of that. So do it direct through the website because you can still use it on your PS3 fine. And now on to our um, main review then for this week. Uh, a film I think we're all looking forward to, Wreck-It Ralph. Mm. Uh, James, why don't you introduce the film for everyone? Okay, so Wreck-It Ralph is the new Disney film. Um, don't be mistaken in thinking it's a Pixar film. Um New Disney film starring John C. Riley and Sarah Silverman. It's based in the world of 8-bit arcade gaming. Wreck-It Ralph is a bad guy in a Donkey Kong-style game. He has enough of being a bad guy and wants to be a hero. And uh, I, t- I, 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 I take issue I with, that. with that. I don't think I don't think it's quite. I don't think it's quite that. I've, he doesn't want to be a good guy and be a hero. I think he's quite. He knows that the game has to have a bad guy. And all the bad guys, when he's at the bad yeah. guy meeting, know that each game has to have a bad guy. He just doesn't like after the game, when it's finished, that everyone yeah, seems to shun to him. Yeah. yeah. He wants to, he just wants to have some friends, basically, and, and yeah. be liked. Yeah. Don't, don't yeah, we all? That's it. Yeah. And he wants to be the hero. He wants to get a hero coin or token just to sort a of. A medal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, to sort yeah. Of, that's it. Yeah. To, to, get, to get that appreciation, I guess. Uh, before we go on to this, we should probably talk about the short film at the start of Wreck-It Ralph, The Paper Man, and all I thought yeah. when I watched this was, James will bloody love this. <laughs> did yeah, you think the I same, did. Owen? I did. I did, yeah. <laughs> did cross I did. my mind. Yeah. I adored it. I absolutely adored it. Was it. Quite, it was, uh, it was nice. Oscar nominated. It is Oscar nominated. So is Wreck-It uh, Ralph as well. Wreck-It Ralph is Oscar nominated as well for Best yes. Animated Feature. Yes, um, pretty much any big studio animation seems to get that nomination. There's not too, there's not usually too much competition there. Uh, this year, there's, there's. I think this year, I, mean, I didn't see Paranorman, but you guys didn't, and, and Owen really liked it. And Brave and Wreck It Ralph were both excellent. So there's a good bit of competition in there this year. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and um, Frank and Weenie's there as well, which I think will probably win. But yeah, um, I think it's between Frank and, and I've not and seen it. No, I've not seen either. Frank and Weenie, but it's Tim Burton, and they might well give it to him. And it was Disney, that as well. Um, but yeah, okay, so Wreck-It Ralph then. Um, or the Paperman. Oh, Paperman, sorry. Yeah, we yeah, didn't really Paper do Man. the Paperman. Yeah, just a lovely short. Really, really beautifully drawn. Um, worked well in 3D as well, which surprised me. But it was, oh, by the way, I saw Wreck-It Ralph in 3D. I don't know about you two. No. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um We'll come on to that as well. Uh, but yeah, the paper, really, just a really lovely, romantic, beautiful short. Uh, the kind of film that I could have sat and watched for 90 minutes, to be honest, but 
but then I watched Wreck-It Ralph and I, I like that as well. Yeah, I mean, it's quite nice that Disney actually put that uh, the Paperman up on YouTube. They mm. uploaded it themselves yeah. for free, so you can go yeah. onto YouTube and find it and watch it if you don't want to go and see Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it, it'll probably win the Oscar. Probably, and it is yeah. lovely. Yeah. So, the main feature then, Wreck-It Ralph. Mm-hmm. What do we think of that? I'm going to let Owen go first. Am I going first? You're going first, though. No, no, I'll go first. I'll be be positive because me and Owen have spoken about it. I I actually really liked Wreck-It Ralph. I'm going to put it out there right now. Um, I enjoyed it. I I laughed. Um, I can hear Owen cogs ticking away in his brain, but I I genuinely laughed at this film. Um, It got me with its nostalgia because, as we all know, I'm an old man who played in arcades uh, of this type uh, in my youth. and I thought it was I thought it was a sweet story and I thought it was a story with a message I thought it was definitely a kids orientated film um, and probably more so than a number of recent Pixar films like Up for example um, but at the same time it, it, how I was captivated it kept me interested all the way through um, some really good voice work I thought um, a few nice in jokes. I, I genuinely, I, what happened? I got a, I went to a preview screening of this, not like a proper like critics preview, just a shit munchers preview with <laughs> loads of family. And I thought, oh god, it's families who've gone to see a film for free. That is the worst cinema audience I could be sat with. <laughs> but generally, they were well behaved because they were enjoying it. And my wife went with me, and she said, "Brilliant, we're we're using." a babysitting opportunity on going to see a kid's cartoon. Well done, James. That's well played, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Can I just um, in and say, I went to a yeah. preview as well, and there was yeah. no kids in my screening at all, because it was, you had to have a, was an unlimited one. card. Yeah, you had to have an unlimited <laughs> card, and it was on Tuesday, so there was no, like, you know, Orange Wednesday offer. So it was just all adults. That was so, ah, so that might, that might actually... That might be a part of the experience, I don't know, because I, I was sat amongst families who were really enjoying yeah. the film, and I, it was quite infectious. But afterwards, yeah, even my wife said she really enjoyed that as well. And so, uh, and the film I'd taken to see previous to that was Amore, so this was the most different <laughs> cinematic <laughs> experience you can possibly think of. But yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed it, but I'll, I'll let Owen speak now, because I think otherwise I'll just rant on too long. Okay. Well, I'll just be brief in why I didn't like it then, because, oh. uh, yeah, I'm not trying to be, I'm really surprised that Steve liked it so much, actually. Why? Um, I thought he might be on my side a little bit. It, it's kind of a bit boring. Didn't neither of you think it was just really, there were bits of it that just weren't funny? Yeah, but I don't, I, it wasn't the funniest. The bits that weren't funny, I thought were a good story, though. It, I it, honestly it, did. It wasn't, it the, was, it's not it the funniest weird. film, but I don't think kids' films have to be funny all the way through. I think you can make a kids' film that isn't just an out-and-out comedy. And I think yeah, that's I what mean, quite a few Pixar and Disney's latest ones haven't been. Yeah, I mean, compare it to, to Brave, then, which isn't, like, a, an outrageously funny film all the way through. It has a nice story, but it's quite a sort of contemporary twist on a classic fairy tale story. Wreck-It Ralph didn't really twist anything. It, it didn't do anything new for me. It just told an old story in a slightly updated and modern way. And I thought, okay, maybe little kids are going to be into that. But anyone who's, you know, most kids nowadays have seen lots of um, animated films. You know, it's kind of part of the culture of, of being a kid now. Um, and I think 
I just thought it would be a bit too boring for most kids. It was boring for me, and I was trying to, I was trying to like it. Um, I thought it started really well, actually. You know, I'm saying it's bad. Mm. It started quite well. I liked the, the little um, cameos from the, the different ca- characters from games and stuff, and it was quite nicely worked in with that, feeling like, oh, it's just going to be a film full of cameos. It was quite nicely mm. done, and they, they kind of created these characters uh, with personalities in the, their sort of bad and on meeting, which was quite funny. But then after that, I thought the characters that they sort of got the rights to use made way a little bit for the characters they've created for the film. And I felt a little bit disappointed in that. I thought they could have made better use of some of them they had there. You know, Cuba even, they could have used him a little bit more. He was probably used most often out of all of them, but I don't know. I just thought it was kind of just a little bit plain and the characters they created weren't that interesting to me. The, the best thing about it was the way it looked. I thought that is probably its strongest point. So you've got stuff like mm. in what, the main bulk of the film takes place in this sugar rush land, and it mm. did look stunning. I mean, it was mm. it was amazing. I can understand why they've spent so long in the story in this world because of the amount of effort they must have put into making that. I just wanted to see more levels. I thought if you're having a game where uh, you know, a film about games and games have lots of different levels, lots of different interactive stuff. And it was just a bit, well, you've just set a whole film inside one little world, which looks quite nice, but it's it's no longer like a game anymore. <laughs> it's just like a kid's mm. story. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I do have some gripes with it. There are a few sort of positives, but overall, I thought it was a little bit dull and boring and not very funny. I didn't think yeah, it was I, I, dull or boring. I, I thought it was, it was kept me entertained all the way through. And it was mm. the only the only the only issue I had with it was there was a bit too much product placement in there for my liking, and there was a fair you bit. Mean aside from the computer games, which were well, fun yeah, aside from aside from the computer <laughs> games, which were part of the film and part of the selling point of the film, yeah. there was a lot of product placement for for sweets, basically. Yeah, and even stuff where they didn't name a brand for Cola Mountain or whatever it was. But it was blatantly in the shape of a diet coke or a coke a cola bottle down to the grooves in the actual side of it. And there was Nesquik and there was Mentos and a couple other things. I just thought, come on, you don't need to do that. It's Disney for Christ's sake. You don't need to sell out. Just stop being dicks. But other than that, I liked the film. I thought the characters were good. I thought Fix It Felix was an arcade game that no one would ever play. No, I've played games like that. <laughs> I just thought, I've played yeah. games exactly. I just like thought, that. why would you play that when you could go something? It's a car going fast, or something with guns, or virtual striker. Just tidying up, literally, just cleaning. I played a cleaning arcade game before. <laughs> I'm old. That's, that's all we had back in the old days, Steve. <laughs> yeah, now we get things like Tractor Simulator. I bet that's a load yeah, of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Euro <laughs> Truck Simulator, Simulator Two. <laughs> Um, but actually, no, I, just about fix it, Felix. Just a very quick one. I did like Jack McBride in that. I thought he was probably the only character who provided a lot of laughs for me. I thought the I thought the main four characters in the film were all done very well. I thought um, Jane Lynch as um, Calhoun, uh, like Sergeant Calhoun, uh, she was fantastic. Yeah, I, I really, thought she was. Really I thought I thought that, really? I thought her voice suited yeah. that character ideally. Yeah. 
It suited the character, I, but I didn't think she was. Funny. I, I, did, I don't like her in Glee either. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't watch Glee. So I don't watch Glee. Yeah, no, I don't watch. Yeah, whatever, Owen. <laughs> so I like a few episodes. Christopher Guest films and yeah. things like that. <laughs> um, yeah. um, also, I I did think that Vanellope was very Sarah Silverman, and again, I I really like that. So I I I got on board with that. I thought no, Wreck It Ralph I, I, I was really Seth Rogen to start with. I didn't know any of the voices who they were before I went in. I thought it does sound a lot like Seth Rogen to start with. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Um, and but yeah, no. Obviously, me and Steve are quite simple creatures who enjoyed it like children, <laughs> just like bright colours and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. But bright colours really and fart liked jokes. It's world. Fun that they created I thought it was a good I, I, I was fascinated by the idea of the world that they created in the way in fact it hasn't fa- a, a film like that hasn't fascinated me in terms of world creation um, since Toy Story I, I genuinely mm. loved the world I don't think they did anything near as good as Toy Story with the world but um, the, the creation of the world it's, for me it's, it's was obviously it's obviously through. open for sequels. There's so much scope you can go with an arcade like that if they wanted to go down that route. If they wanted mm. to, yeah. No, um, did you so, like the, Did you like um, the twist in it as well? Owen probably didn't. He hated the film. He no. hates, <laughs> Owen hates fun. The twist was The twist was quite cleverly worked. Didn't I didn't. It? I didn't think it was obvious at all because. No. Uh, mm. Can we talk about it? It's a kids' film, and there's you know adults listening to this, so. Uh, I'd rather just be. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, I'm very yeah. interested. <laughs> They, they yeah, kind of no, they no. kind of hinted at it without really explaining what it was until near the end, and then it sort of came, and you thought, "All right, oh, you did, you did, you just, I didn't see it coming at all." We're, you know, no. there, there's some grown-up films that you can see the twist coming a mile off. Yeah, no, it, it was it was clever in that sense, um, but yeah, it, it, I, I'm surprised Owen was so down on it. And Owen's surprised that we liked it so much, and I suppose that's what that's the, films. What the Jerry thing? Or yeah. do we not know if he saw it? We don't know what Jerry. Maybe maybe Jerry saw it and died. <laughs> he liked it so yeah. much he could finally go to the afterlife. Yeah. He'd finally seen the film he needed to see. He could die happy. <laughs> oh bless you, Jerry. We miss you. Did you not think when you saw the trailer about a year ago or whenever it was released that it would be a film that went? one of two ways. It was either going to be really fantastic or it was just going to be a big letdown. No, I mean, it's, I, it's, it's not as good as Pixar's best, but it's it's good. It's not it's not like Pixar's worst. It's, yeah, I, I enjoy it more than Cars. I enjoy it more than uh, The Incredibles. I, yeah. I enjoyed it more really? than Brave. Yeah, yeah, honestly. Oh, I think it's about on level with Cars for me. Wow. No, it was a lot better than that. I think it was. It, 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 the the, pl- the plot might not be original, but you know, is it? Is it? What what we've got to remember is we're we're adults reviewing a kids' film from an adult's point of view. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem with doing that. I mean, I, I, things like Rise of the Guardians, I thought was you know, it's very blatantly a kids' film, and I, I, stuff like Speed Racer as well. There's stuff to take from that as an adult, but with Wreck It Ralph, the, the bits for adults were just nostalgia and I didn't really think that was uh, enough I, I genuinely counted laughs from me mm. uh, yeah I, uh, I, mean, I, I suppose that's just the way it goes I think it? even but some of the minor characters it. were quite good I like the um, I think his name was Gene he was the kind of guy who seemed to be in charge of the hotel in, uh, the 
apartment mm. block in Fix It Felix who was just yes. a complete dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um and, I did and like I his really animation. Not... Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. There was there was some there was a lot of kind of eight bit animation in jokes and things like that in there. Um I I liked Zangri people who've seen the trailer will have seen Zangrief in the Bad Guys Anonymous mm. type meeting. I liked I like seeing Zangrief. And I like I like the Street Fighter Two jokes. Yeah. I um, like the uh the Sartain joke as well. With yes, Satan. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, no, it it's it it, it wasn't incredible, but I, I I genuinely enjoyed it and I enjoyed it more than a lot of recent animations. Yeah, I can't I can't help myself, Owen. Yeah, it's fine. Entitled to your opinion, you're just wrong. <laughs> You'll always be wrong, Owen, because you don't like Star Wars. Yeah. Are we going to talk a bit about Star Wars, or are we avoiding that now? No, what, what, we can't keep There's, doing Star Wars every uh, week. Yeah, no, um, moratorium um, on... Uh... Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Star Wars chat for at least two okay. weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so that, that's Wreck It Ralph. Essentially, go and see it. You'll probably enjoy it. Unless you're Yeah, Owen I and, cried once, yeah. obviously, towards yeah. the end. So, there of you go. Of course you did. There's, there's a recommendation. Yeah. She cried more than I laughed out loud. It's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> right, what's, what's next week? Uh, next week is oh, I don't know whatever you guys come up with because I'm going to be in Glasgow. Um, what are you doing so in Glasgow? Have you told people it about was going, Glasgow? It was going to be Die Hard, but we'll discuss. We're not sure what we're doing next I'll week. Pro- I'll, I'll probably go and see Die Hard, but you know, I want to boycott it. If Jerry's not yeah. in, it could just be me and Owen talking to each other for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, that's amazing. Why haven't we done that before? <laughs> There's a reason for that, I think. <laughs> we'll just have an hour-long debate on our opinions on Star Wars and yeah, and Wreck-It it, Ralph. Do that, do that yeah. please. <laughs> Compelling listening. What are you doing in Glasgow? Uh, I'm going to the Glasgow Film Festival. Um, it starts on Thursday. I'm heading up there on Friday. Uh, seeing about... Uh, with previews and actually tickets that I have to buy myself and stuff like that, seeing about 20 films, I think. Um, we're going to be recording a special edition of the podcast, which is just me and some random Scottish people that I've got from other, from other podcasts and blogs that I know who are going to talk to me in a pub, um, including the good man Dave McFarlane from our sister podcast, Born Offside. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be seeing a lot of films. Um, the new... Uh, the new Michael Winterbottom, Steve Coogan film, The Look of Love. We're going to be seeing Stoker, Cloud Atlas. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys come up with in the meantime. Mm, we'll cobble, cobble something together. What's the best film on TV then? This <laughs> weekend? Best film on this TV. Uh, this weekend, it's on uh, Turner Classic Movies at 9 o'clock. Um, 300. What's Zack that? Snyder's what day? Kick-ass. It's Saturday. Saturday, 9 o'clock. 300. This is Sparta. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Thank God. 
<laughs> so thanks, thanks to everyone who contributed. Um, thanks for listening. Um, thanks for Kevin McLeod for doing the music and get well soon, Jerry. to miss off the end of that. So his famous catchphrase, okay, the, the phrase most associated with the Die Hard franchise has been cut for UK audience. So that eight-year-old, I'm going to say eight-year-olds now, I'm going to be even more emotive and put in even more hyperbole. It's so three-year-olds can go and see Die Hard 5. And it, it really, it winds me up. It really winds me up. Um, there's a very um, few people on Twitter, well, more than a few people on Twitter, not happy about this. Um, a guy called Ali Gray, who runs at Shiznit, very, very good film site, today said, um, this is the fault of everyone who went to see Taken 2, essentially. <laughs> you idiots. And, and I agree with him. And also, as I replied to him, this is also the fault of everyone who didn't go and see Dread, you fucking morons. That's a good um, point, yeah. I, studio... I mean... I can't. I cannot blame the businessmen at a studio for doing this. I just don't think we should automatically agree with it either. Uh, we shouldn't just lie down and take it. Why should it's you be really making it? Me. Die Hard's never been for twelve-year-olds, so why are you changing things now? Just Although Die Hard Four was a twelve A, wasn't it? A it was 15? a poor film. No, it was a twelve A, and then it got. They released. A, they're doing what they did last time. They released a fifteen version, but at least Die Hard Four was also. Um, a PG thirteen in America. Diehard four they was just, just Diehard four was just stupid because they went across the whole country, didn't they? Or the yeah, whole West, a, the whole a, East Coast. It was just a plane getting I mean, taken down by a car I mean, in Diard, a tunnel at one. Diehard three, Kevin Smith in it for God's sake. Diehard three was in New York, but I mean the best diehards are when they keep it to one small location, and he's yeah. wearing a vest. Yeah, and that and that essentially um, is all diehard needs to be. Yeah, uh, it's it's just it's just it's really kind of oh, it's it just really depressed me that that is the way the industry is going. But it is the way the industry is going, sadly. And twelve-year-olds are more profitable than uh, basically. Fox have looked at it and gone, "We're going to make more from allowing twelve to fifteen-year-olds to watch this film than we're going to lose by shitty podcasters <laughs> saying that they're not going to go and see the film." But I'm not. I'm not going to go and see this film. That is. £8 or whatever of my money that they're not going to get again. And I will keep doing that until someone bloody listens to me. So what other movie news have we got? We had the BAFTAs this weekend. Yes. In the UK. Yes. Um, good BAFTAs, I thought, actually. Um, I, I really like the fact that it's you know, a good couple of hours on TV. No adverts. Nicely hosted. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Just and get through the awards. Yeah, just bang, bang, bang. I'm done. Very, very happy with that. Um, big, uh, well, big surprises. Uh, we'll start off with the surprises first. Um, well, a, a massive surprise actually for me was, although I predicted it, but I predicted it more in hope than expectation. Emmanuel Riva winning Best Actress and beating uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Jessica Chastain. Uh, so she won that for a more. Uh, sadly wasn't able to be there and 
it did look a bit weird having Jeremy Renner just stand on stage and then kind of walk <laughs> off with the award. That looked a little bit odd. Um, He's not it, the kind of person that correlates with the, the actual winner, is he? I know. And I did see someone on Twitter earlier today said, wouldn't it be like horribly ironic if you turned up in Paris uh, and she was dead or something like that, and, uh, kind of in keeping with the film. <laughs> That's nice. Um, <laughs> Uh, and I actually then pictured it and I nearly cried again. Um, another big surprise and I'm, I'm re- one I was really happy with, Skyfall winning outstanding yeah. British film. Um, yeah, think- go for it, Owen. I was going to say, I was fully expecting Les Mis to get that. Mm. Do you think- I thought Skyfall's a film that was sort of quite well received by the public, but there were sort of um, criticisms of it in the press. So I thought with a massive production like Les Mis that it would actually kind of walk that category mm. but do you, do you, you know it's an Oscar nominated film you know, Skyfall mm. didn't, didn't get anything so yeah I'm really, yeah, no. really glad it won do you think they felt obligated to give it to Bond because it's 50 years of Bond now and it's such a British institution both the BAFTAs and Bond that they kind of I felt think, we've got to give it to Bond really I think there will have been a a slight sent- I, I imagine there would have been a slight sentimental edge to the vote also the fact and the kind of opposite of sentimentality, the fact that it this year, well, in the last year, became the biggest grossing film in British cinema history, which I think will have also earned it probably some votes from that side of the Academy, um, producers, that kind of thing. Um, but fully deserved award. And I was just really pleased to see it pick up a serious award because it did really deserve some recognition. Um, brilliant film. Everything else pretty much went according to the script. Um, Argo continued its unstoppable march towards Oscar glory, um, which uh, yeah, I predicted a few months ago, but uh, I won't dwell <laughs> on that. Um, Affleck picking up Best Director again. just It does make the decision of the Oscar Academy not to even nominate him for Best Director. is just looking more and more farcical by the awards ceremony. Now that he's picked up the, the Golden Globes, he's picked up the Director's Guild Award, now a BAFTA. Um, and it, it does make me think that they're going to have to give best film to Argo simply because that's the only way to kind of repay the fact that he got snubbed massively in that category. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis I think was a really obvious choice for Lincoln and a deserving choice as well. Uh, Anne Hathaway, the other complete shoe-in, complete lock. She took her uh, award for Lamey's for Best Supporting Actress Um, and Best Supporting Actor um, Christoph Waltz for Django Unchained, uh, with a lovely speech, really, really heartfelt speech to Quentin Tarantino. Did either of you two see that? Yeah. yeah. It was directed directly at Tarantino, that wasn't it? Yeah, I was really, that was a real kind of moment of absolute honesty. Um, it was just a lovely moment, I thought. Yeah, it, I mean, like, like I say, it was directed straight at him. That wasn't a speech for the public. That was just no. Christopher Waltz on a platform there to tell Tarantino how much he sort of admires and respects him. So it yeah. was quite touching. Yeah, yeah well, I also um, thought Daniel Day Lewis's speech was brilliant, by the way. When he I, accepted yeah, because you you get the impression he'd be quite a humorless man just yeah. because he's so serious about his craft. But his joke about having had to have been in character for as himself for 55 years in preparation for this day was was really nicely done, actually. Um, the other big surprise for me, actually, was David O. Russell picking up adapted screenplay for Silver Linings Playbook, which I'm not hugely impressed by myself. I know Jerry's quite a fan of it, um, but I, I I expected that to go to Lincoln. Um, 
and I was surprised it didn't. So mm. that all of the awards picked up awards they would have hoped to have got um, leading up to the all the films uh, leading up to the Oscars. So it does. I don't think anything's really changed in terms of the Oscar race, but it was it was a good solid BAFTAs. I thought. Yeah, I agree, and I think Stephen Fry did a great job again as host, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He was, um, he's got that kind of demeanour about him, hasn't he? Where he quietly goes about it, he puts in all these little jokes, and I know it's all scripted and everything, but yeah. he kind of he works it with the, the sort of celebrities and the film stars yeah. that are there. Yeah, it was quite good. I thought he was good. And there's, there's no arrogance there. No, no I like no. him. Um, and George Clooney and Samuel L. Jackson also. Oh, damn it, they should be over here more often. They seem to really like coming over to our awards and damn it, they're so damn cool. Samuel L. Jackson especially, his uh, his little speech towards the end before announcing best film was, was very nice. Yeah. Well, I was a I little bit surprised, actually. I know we've gone through the sort of surprises and everything, but mm. I was a little bit surprised searching for Sugar Man 1 documentary. I'm pleased it did. I was just mm. kind of expecting it to go to The Imposter. Um, yeah. I mean, especially as it picked up an award earlier on in the evening. With the um, yeah. uh, outstanding um, de- debut, I thought it would actually, yes. you know, Person- yeah. Personally, I preferred The Imposter just because The Imposter was one of my few five star mm-hmm. films last year. Although Searching for Sugar Man is a heavy Oscar favourite, so I wasn't hugely. It, it's it's heavily back to win the Oscar for best documentary now. So uh, that didn't surprise me as much. I had a feeling Marley might take it, but I was horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah, I really liked Marley as well, but I don't think yeah. it was going to beat Searching for Sugar Man. No. Mm. Um, so where do we want to go now? Do we want to go streaming? Do we want to go to the Oscars? Or do we want to go... Well, save Wreck-It Ralph for the end, because that's where these yes. things traditionally let's, go. Let's do our, let's do our Oscar. Um, yeah. So just to let, let everyone know, we're all going to predict the uh, the big eight categories at the Oscars. And whoever gets the most correct, and I've already I've got a tiebreaker rule. It's uh, if if there's a tiebreaker, it's whoever would have won the most money in terms of odds on their selections. Um, they get to choose a film for all of us to watch and report back in a future episode. Um, and just to let you know, I am going for Old Boy if I win. Okay. <laughs> have we got a pick? Is it one film individually for the rest of them, or is it? Ever, what, what, the watch, same yeah. film oh, for no, everyone no, what, what, as a collective review as a collective review yes right so um, do you want me to go first yes or, or should, let's go through let's go through each one first um, and we'll start with Jerry's each time because Jerry's emailed me across so best film uh, Jerry has gone for Argo which is also the film I have gone for Owen <laughs> uh Put me on spot. I'm going to say Argo as well now. Yeah, Steve. Yeah. I'm. I would say Argo, but I'm going to just go. I'm going to go something completely different, just because everyone else has gone for Argo, and I'm going to go for Lincoln. Even though I've not oh. seen it yet, I'm. Just, I will see it before the Oscars. I just haven't seen it yet. I think. But I'm gonna, I think that's the one that might beat Argo. Is but I think I personally. Think I just didn't want to be the two. same as everyone else, or else it would have made that's for a very, bit of a boring competition. Keeping it interesting, Steve. I think yeah. it's clo- it's closest to beating Argo. I think, but it's between Argo, Lincoln, and Zero Dark Thirty. I don't think the others yeah. are really in with a chance of winning that category. No. no. Okay, so let's move on to director. Um, Jerry has gone for David O. Russell for Silver Linings Playbook. Um, Jerry, what do you think? 
I'm going to go Ang Lee for Life of Pi. Okay, Steve? I'm going to go for, for Ang Lee as well. All right. Okay, uh, I'm going to go for Spielberg in the absence of Affleck. Um, uh, I know we're not doing uh, what we've been watching this week, but uh, James liked my my review of um, oh, yes. Life of Pi oh, so much, I'm going to yeah. condense it to, to one line. Uh, Life of Pi, the hyena was a complete prick. <laughs> yeah, the film would have been so much better if he never got on that boat. <laughs> and it was a good film as it was. I can tell he really made you angry. He did. I can tell. Right, imagine that film. Imagine that film plus a monkey plus a zebra. <laughs> yeah, for the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. It'd be a very different film. <laughs> I, I think I, I think I've made my argument, and um, yeah. There you go. Fair enough. Mm. I'm go- <laughs> um, right, our best actor. Jerry's gone uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. I'm going Daniel Day-Lewis. Owen? Oh, yeah, of course, Daniel Day-Lewis. Steve? Yeah, I don't think anyone... Feel free I- to go with that, yeah. I'm going to go with that. I don't think anyone else will win that. I think that's no, as locked in as it's going to be. I think, yeah. I think if there's two um, bankers, okay. it's that and it's supporting actress and mm, anything yeah. else is a bit more open. So, best actress then. Um, Jerry has gone for Jennifer Lawrence, the favourite. Um, Steve, who do you think? Um, I've not seen... I've only seen about half of the films that have been nominated for this, so I'm going to go with Jessica Chastain for Zero Dark Thirty. Okay. Uh, Owen? Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence as well. I've not seen it, but I think the, the sort of buzz around it is that she's been quite um, admired for her role in that. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go for Emmanuel Riva for a more buoyed a little bit by last night's result, but also the fact that I've got a pound on her at 12 to 1. And I feel like <laughs> I can back up my bet. Also, I, I do think Lawrence is going to take some stopping in that one, but I'm going Riva. Let's, let's see if she can help me out there. So best supporting actor then. Um, Jerry has gone for this is the interesting one where um, all of them have been have won it before which is a nice little mm. nice little fact um, he's gone for Tommy Lee Jones which is also the man I've backed uh, only at 7-4 to four, so not great odds but I'm also going Tommy Lee Jones for Lincoln Owen uh, Christoph Waltz yeah I thought you would and I, I would lo- I really want him to he, I'm, he, I'm going for Christoph Waltz as well yeah, it's, it's a good choice um I think again. I think it's between those two. Uh, best supporting actress, um, dude. I'm sticking this in here, but I'm, I'm not sure there's any need. I'm going for the half. <laughs> and yeah, so is Jerry. I, yeah, I think that's a clean sweep. Brilliant. Isn't it? Yeah, I mean, just to check. Yeah, Anne Hathaway. But I do think Sally Field could possibly. Is she in this category? Actually, yeah, well, she, she is. is. Oh yeah, yeah supporting actress. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. yeah. But no, it's going to be Hathaway. Really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is where it gets a little bit interesting, also a little bit unpredictable. Um, we're going to go for best adapted screenplay. Um, which, to, just to let you know, Jerry went for. If I can find it, I've got too many tabs open. Terrible. Um, best adapted screenplay. He went Life of Pi. Um, Steve. I'd go along with that as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go for Argo. Okay. And I've forgotten what's nominated there. God, 
This is terrible. I'm too busy trying to write it all in a little spreadsheet as we go along. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh God, where is it? Is it really near the bottom? No, it can't be that near the bottom. It's Argo, Beast of the Southern Wild, uh, Life of oh. Pi, Lincoln, or Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, I'm going Lincoln. I'm going Lincoln. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. And you went Argo, didn't you? Oh, and yeah. I went Argo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, and then finally, then uh, original screenplay. Uh, I'm going to go for a more. Oh. And Jerry went for uh, Django. I'm, I'm agreeing with Jerry. Steve. I'm going okay. with James. Owen. Owen's yeah. gone Django. I'm, I'm yeah. going to agree with with James. Oh, oh! I've not, nice. I've, not like seen, I've not seen it, mind, but I'm just going to back on more. So there we go. Um, what I'll do is I'll pop a blog up on the. Um, uh, on failcritics.com this week with my betting tips. After my six out of seven success at the BAFTAs, you might be might be wise to listen to me. It can, might be can, a you do a, can you do an um, Oscars accumulator I'll, as you can in football with football matches? Can you do you a, can't. Um, it's really annoying. Um, well, I've never been able to find an online bookies that will do an accumulator because it's the whole one result affects the others type rule. I can't remember what the actual betting term is, but it is... For example, if one award, if one film picks up one or two awards, then it means they're actually more likely to pick up other awards or something like that. It's a, it's a bizarre rule. Um, so I've only ever been able to put on singles, it seems, which is a bit annoying. Right. Um, so there you go. <laughs> that's that then. Right. Uh, ch- streaming services then. Um, Jerry's not with us, but he only had rubbish ones. I've got Netflix. <laughs> Uh, James has got movie. Never heard of it. And yeah, it's uh, really good. Uh, and it's, it's my kind of. <laughs> you'll, you'll work out why it's my kind of streaming service. And Owen has got Love Film. Yep. Yes. Who would like to kick us off then? Silence. I'll, I'll go. go for, I'll, I'll go first. Oh, go go on, on, oh, you're gonna go, Steve. I'll go. I'll do Netflix because yeah, okay. because because mine mine will probably have a bit of. Bit of controversy over what I'm going to talk about in part of it, but I think I think we we didn't we've deliberately not spoke about it before, but I think we're okay to, and I'll explain why. So yes, I okay. I, I use I use Netflix. It's available on your laptop, probably on some new tellies that I haven't got yet, and on Xboxes and Playstations and Nintendo Wii's and Blu-ray players and all that. It's basically available on anything that you can connect to the internet, really, tablets and everything. Um, the UK version is okay probably got a little bit more to watch on it than love film but what i found a way of doing and it's not a secret um i think we're all right to talk about it is you can access you blow, uh, you've blown my mind yeah, here Steve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you can you can ba- if you don't know already you can access all different netflix from all the different regions around the world if you use a website called unblock us which is what i'm doing or well, there's probably other ways of doing it you pay a little bit extra money a month and you can get access to the US, Netflix, Canadian, Mexican, Brazilian, loads from around the world. I think we're all right to talk about this because Netflix don't offer this themselves as a service, so you can't, you're not effectively, by going on Unblock US, you're not stealing anything from Netflix. I can't pay Netflix yeah, more. You, I can't pay Netflix yeah, more. In, in the UK, I can only subscribe to UK Netflix through Netflix. I can't pay yeah. Netflix any more money than I already am. 
I'm not stealing anything from Netflix. So no, in my mind, they no. must be okay with it because they've not bought this option out through themselves yet. Maybe they will one day once they've caught on to how many people are doing it and think, well, if they're paying someone else to do it, they might as well pay us to do it. I think it's, it's quite it's, complicated it's, with the rights to the, the actual licensing rights. Yeah. yeah. Um, what I would say is there is actually a free way you can at least access the um, a really simple free way you can access um, any US content, uh, which is using if you use a Mozilla Firefox um, web browser and you use the Media Hint plugin, uh, you can access uh, NBC web. You can access all the American uh, networks that show their um, TV programming and stuff on the line as well. So there's, there's a number of ways that you can do it. So yeah, you're fine, Steve. So mm. carry on. So yeah, well, Netflix. once you do that with Netflix and you're paying probably eight, nine pound a month, you've got so much available to watch that you can spend half an hour looking for something to watch before you actually settle on something. I mean, there's so many TV series, so many good documentaries and good films on there. They're pretty good at updating stuff. There's new, you know, relatively new stuff on there. There's, there's stuff being added weekly. Uh, at the moment, I'm trying to simultaneously watch The West Wing and Cheers, which is a massive jump between shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're both fantastic. They're, yeah. bo- they're both things I recommend. If you're into football and you do the Unblock US, you can go to the Brazilian Netflix and there's some fantastic football documentaries on there. Um, I'd use a website called Moreflix as well, which gives recommendations as well as you being able to search. You can search easier on Moreflix for what there is to watch across all the different Netflix rather than just whichever one you happen to have loaded up at the time. Um, but I, I did use Love Film previously, and I'd, I'd recommend Netflix over Love Film even if I didn't have it open to all the different regional Netflix or Netfly as probably plural. <laughs> Netflixes. Yeah. Um, um, do you get a free trial with it, Steve? You do. You get a month's free trial for Netflix and, you get, and a month's free trial for Unblock US as well, just to see if you like oh. that kind of service. Excellent. And can you recommend uh, something online? So if someone wanted to go and watch a film, what would you recommend on Netflix at the moment? Um, there, there's so much, honestly. I can't... I, <laughs> I haven't watched a film on there for a while. Cause I've been trying to get through the West Wing and Cheers and mm. a few documentaries. Um, Dreams of a Life is on there, which which I watched on Netflix, which has been on Channel Four recently. Yeah. Um, our, our documentary of the year last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I watched I watched Craigslist Joe on there, a documentary which was really good about a oh, man okay. a man called Joe who tries to go for I think it's a month just living off the goodwill of people who he contacts via the website craigslist um which is which is quite interesting um it's not the best documentary but it's certainly not the worst it is interesting it's worth watching but i, I, <laughs> I should stick that on the post yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no it, it, it is good it's worth watching um i would i would have done things differently to him if i was doing it but um he meets a lot of attractive women doing it that's what i was really surprised about there's a lot of there's a lot of attractive just women who are really generous. Typing Craigslist into my browser. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking Craigslist LA and Craigslist Leicester might be a little bit different though. Yeah. All <laughs> yeah. uh, right, Owen, tell us about Love Film. Okay, um, I'll just sort of very briefly go into the kind of packages they've got available on the website because they've got about I think they've got eleven 
subscription packages and then another three, which are just basically like pay-as-you-go packages. But the prices are variable depending on the type of package you want. So if you want one that's just renting DVDs and Blu-rays, um, you know, it's quite cheap, but you can get one which streams um, films online as well, which is a bit more, obviously, but then you can get a cheaper package which just streams and you don't get discs. So it's, it, there's quite a lot of sort of variations to sort of suit what you want, really. Um, the cheapest package, which is the most sort of basic you can get on there, um, is just under £5 a month. But then the most expensive package is about 15 quid. So I think, you know, it's not too expensive, even if you have the absolute maximum where you're renting films and games and watching stuff online. So it's not bad price, really, for what you get. Um, as far as I'm aware, uh, you can't stream Love Film to your phone. So you've, you, if you've got an iPad, I think it's fine, and a Kindle Fire, it's fine. Yeah, if you've Kindle got like a, you can, yeah. Yeah. But if you've got an, an Amazon own Love Film, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so I think I think it's purely on the Kindle at the moment. Anyway, right. I think that's one of their big tie-ins. They've got quite a good app on the. Um, uh, I'm, I've got a Windows phone, and the app for that is quite good. Mm. I'm not sure what it's like on the Android, but you know, it's good for sort of checking the trailers. Oh, for and managing your list and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But it's, there's, there's nothing to actually watch films on your phone yet. But um, the uh, you can use it on your PS3, 360, and, and your Wii, and all that kind of thing. So. You know, it's quite good. Um, positives of the service, I, I mean, I'll, I'll start actually with a, with a negative, really. I've had a little trouble with them in the past with renting discs. So back before mm. I used to use the streaming service, I just had a package where um, I had whatever films were free to watch online and the discs of the post. I used to get them that come through with scratches or they'd send me the wrong film three mm. times in a row. It's like three times in a row they sent me the Ryan Reynolds version of Amityville Horror instead of the original. Three times in a row. I ended up just writing on the envelope, this is not a correctly labelled disc. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the customer service team are generally sort of quite obliging. And yeah. They're easy to sort of get hold of and they're, they're sort of quite, quite I, helpful. Just a note on um, um, Love Film customer services. After I cancelled uh, Love yeah. Film, by the way, if you cancel Love Film, in about six weeks, you'll have enough free membership cards to have Love Film free for about a year. <laughs> um, but the guy, on the, some guy phoned me up from Love Film asking why I cancelled and if I'd want to come back. And I said I'd join Netflix. And he admitted that he was a member of Netflix as well and thought it was my fan and Love Film. I thought, well, you're not really doing your job there, <laughs> yeah. are you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, uh, also, if you ever want to, if you ever want to cancel Love Film. Uh, do it after midnight because then you don't have to phone them. You can just go through the online thing. That's what I've learned as well. Ah. Uh, it, the bit where it's the bit where you have to phone them to cancel after midnight, it turns to a button where you answer a few questions. <laughs> well, I, I phoned them up to cancel before. This was a while ago, and I phoned them to cancel. And they do they're quite good with you know like phone companies. They don't want to lose you. They'd rather have some custom than no custom at all. So they're, they're quite good yeah. at sort of offering you deals if you do try and if you do want to quit. So. Um, and they do some great offers as well. If you have a look online, I'm sure I've seen, seen things through Groupon and Amazon's Black Friday a couple of years ago. Yeah, if, you, if you're not already a member, they're really good, aren't they? Yeah. They are, yeah. If you're <laughs> or, not a member at all, yeah. Some, if, if, some you're not, if, you, if you're not a member yet, give you know, drop me an email after after you've listened to this <laughs> and I'll send you one of these free cards I've got because I've got loads now. I reckon I've got two years' worth of those somewhere. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. But um, I think what what I quite like about uh, Love Film, actually, outside of just sort of renting films from them, is that they they have a Twitter account, which is always up to date. 
they've got some people mm-hmm. who tweet some great links to stuff. I've had a few conversations with the staff on there as well about different things, and I think they're actually um, that's one of their sort of strongest aspects, really. That they're, they're very yeah. approachable and easy to to get hold of. If, even if you've just got questions to ask them about actually something on there doesn't work, then it's fine. They've retweeted me a few times about stuff I've said I've been watching on there. So yeah, I quite like the Twitter service they've got. Narcissist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the, actually, one other thing that strikes me that that's a problem with Love Film. I think it's a problem with pretty much everywhere that streams stuff, apart from like BBC iPlayer subtitles. I would really like to see somebody introduce subtitles not just for like the accessibility stuff for you know people mm. who are disabled but i just think it would just make the service a bit more um a bit better i sometimes like to like if i've got a lot of data entry to do at work i'll just stick a film on in the corner of the screen and it'll mm. just have the subtitles running and i'll just kind of glance over to it that would be really handy but for some reason I'm, they don't put it on there there's not an option to put it on any film on their website which actually i think is from an accessibility point of view quite bad but um yeah. It's the same. Oh, I've, I've seen a few people talk about this. It's the same with Netflix. Bizarrely, it's due to copyright issues. Yeah. Um, if the film doesn't already have, and apparently this is a massive thing about um, streaming, is if uh, if the subtitles aren't already on the film as part of the screen, uh, so a foreign language film essentially. Mm. Um, yeah, apparently they're not allowed to put the subtitles on because it breaks copyright laws. Yeah, but there's got, to some, there's got to be something, to, some way around it, because like, like say iPlayer does it, if you watch a film on iPlayer, you can put subtitles on. Right, so, okay, I see. There must, there must be something there. There must be something. Yeah. yeah. But, what, um, what film would you recommend at the moment that's available? They've got, uh, they, they used to have a pretty poor selection of stuff to stream, actually, that used to be really bad, but they've they've increased the, what's on there quite considerably over the past sort of 12 months. Stuff like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy is on there. That's really good. They've got loads of TV series, but I'm going to recommend Carnage, which I think was a bit of an underrated film. Uh, and it has a BAFTA-winning Christoph Waltz in it. So, you know, and Jodie yeah. Foster, Kate Winslet and John C. Riley. It's adapted from a stage play, directed by uh, Roman Polanski. I thought it was really clever and really funny. Uh, it's quite short and, yeah, it's worth a watch. Cool. So, what is this f- streaming service that you uh, signed up for, James? Okay. okay, it's called Mubi. Um, M-U-B-I. Uh, basically, what I really like about it, A, it's cheap. It's two ninety nine a month. Uh, and you'll kind of see why in a minute. But I, I, sometimes um, restrictions can be a positive, in my opinion. Mubi does not have a vast catalogue in the way that Netflix or Love Film have. Uh, Mubi is designed with the the film connoisseur in mind, shall we say. Um, it's essential. So, do you ever get that feeling sometimes if you go onto Netflix uh, or Love Film and you get, there's just too much to, and you end up flicking through the mm. catalogue for about 45 minutes to an hour and then just sticking on an episode of a TV programme you've been watching. Okay, if you've ever had that... The way Mubi works, and Mubi is available on your laptop or through a very good PS3 app. Um, I don't think it's got an Xbox app at the moment, but a very, very good PS3 app. The idea is um, every day they put a new film available for you to watch, which is then available for 30 days. So you've got a kind of constant rolling catalogue of 30 films available 
for your two ninety nine a month. Um, and it is like having someone with very good taste in film saying, why don't you try one of these? And it's really nice, actually. There's a lot of really good editorial about it. So it's, again, sometimes with Netflix and Love Film, I'm just overwhelmed. I don't know what to watch. Whereas this is quite focused, quite editorial. And a lot of their choices in films will be linked to uh, a new release that's out. Like every Friday, the film they put on is re- is linked in a way to one of the releases that's out. So, for example, um, the day that Django Unchained came out, they had 310 to Yuma on their uh for 30 days so it's like it's a modern western um they have a really good mix of documentary art house and some kind of more mainstream films as well um and as well as their 30 film rolling uh catalogue of really good films they've also got a number of films which are constantly there and they've also got a load of short films that you can watch as well so it's really and they're always available for free as well um but to just give you a quick idea, because obviously only 30 films, you might think, oh, that's not a lot of choice. But at the moment, you could watch films like Salmon Fishing in the Yemen, 310 to Yuma. They've also got The Cabin in the Woods on, which isn't available on Love Film or Netflix mm. yet. And that's something, actually, some of these films are on here long before they get onto the kind of more mainstream streaming places so taboo is available to watch at the moment that's a portuguese film which was in i think sight and sound named it their best film of 2012 and it's only been out in the uk on dvd for a matter of weeks and that's available to watch on here but they've also got films which can be really difficult to find so man with a movie camera um which is a russian I think it's 1930s yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. Again, in the Sight and Sound top 10 films of all time, that's currently available to watch on there. Um, Hidden, uh, Michael Haneke's Hidden is currently available to watch. Uh, Waltz with Bashir is available to watch. But you've also got The Blair Witch Project, um, Hard Candy. So some films you go, oh, I haven't seen that for a little while. And some films you go, I've always meant to see that. And it's it tends to be the type of film that you won't readily find easily elsewhere unless you went out and paid 10 to 15 quid for, you know, a world cinema DVD, because unfortunately they're not usually very cheap. So it's, at the moment, you know, my my recommendation probably would be um, either The Cabin in the Woods, because that I, I love that film, uh, and that's a really fun to watch. Um, but I'm also can't wait to watch Taboo or Man with a Movie Camera when I get a chance to. So I'm definitely going to watch both of those yeah. as soon as I get a chance to. Um, so like I say, two ninety nine a month. Uh, it's got a month's free trial if you sign up through Facebook. So you just need to log in with a Facebook account and they'll give you a month's free trial. Um, yeah, it's a really, really nice little site and I'd like to see more people using it. And again, they've got a good active Twitter account which um, tweets a new film every day. And also they email you and let you know which film has been added to the catalogue each day as well. So you're not going to miss out on any. Lovely. So what would you recommend to watch on there? So either The Cabin in the Woods, because I know I've seen it and it's brilliant. Um, but I've also heard very, very good things about Man with a Movie Camera and Taboo. And I'm going to be watching both of those. And, and you didn't mention a cost, I don't think. Two ninety. I think I mentioned it a few times, Steve. I just don't think you were listening. It's two ninety nine. Make sure you sign up for it on the website. Um, sign up to it on the website because it's two ninety nine. For some weird reason, you can get um, a rolling monthly, um, con- well, not contract, a rolling monthly subscription through the PlayStation Network store. But it's six pound if you do it through the PS3, which makes me think that Sony are taking three quid of that. 
So do it direct through the website because you can still use it on your PS3 fine. And now on to our um, main review then for this week. Uh, a film I think we we're all looking forward to. Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, James, why don't you introduce the film for everyone? Okay, so Wreck-It Ralph is the new Disney film. Um, don't be mistaken in thinking it's a Pixar film. Um, new Disney film starring John C. Riley and Sarah Silverman. It's based in the world of 8-bit arcade gaming. Wreck-It Ralph is a bad guy in a Donkey Kong-style game. He has enough of being a bad guy and wants to be a hero and... Uh, I'd ta- I take issue with that. I don't think. I don't think it's quite. I don't think it's quite that. I. He doesn't want to be a good guy and be a hero. I think he's quite. He knows that the game has to have a bad guy, and all the bad guys when he's at the bad yeah. guy meeting know that each game has to have a bad guy. He just doesn't like after the game, when it's finished, that everyone yeah, seems to shun to him. Yeah, yeah, he wants to. He just wants to have some friends, basically, and yeah. and be liked. Yeah, don't, don't we yeah, all? Yeah, and he wants to be the hero. He wants to get a hero coin or token just to sort of... A medal. Of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to sort of, yeah, that's it. Yeah, to, to, get, to get that appreciation, I guess. Uh, so. Before we go on to this, we should probably talk about the short film at the start of Wreck-It Ralph, The Paper Man. And all I thought yeah. when I watched this was, James will bloody love this. <laughs> did yeah, you think the I same, did. Owen? I did. I did, yeah. <laughs> did cross did. my mind. Yeah. I adored it. I absolutely it adored was it. Quite, it was, uh, it was nice. Oscar nominated. It is Oscar nominated. So is Wreck It uh, Ralph as well. Wreck It Ralph's in for Wreck It Ralph's Oscar nominated as well for best yes. animated feature. Yes, um, pretty much any big studio animation seems to get that nomination. There, there's not too. There's not usually too much competition there. Uh, this year, there's. there's I think this year's. Quite, I, mean, I didn't see Paranorman, but you guys didn't, and, and Owen really liked it, and. Brave and Wreck-It Ralph were both excellent, so there's a good bit of competition in there this year. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and um, Frank and Weenie's there as well, which I think will probably win. But yeah, um, I think Fra- it's between Frank and, and Weenie. I've not seen and it. No, I've not seen either. Frank and Weenie, but it's Tim Burton, and they might well give it to him. And it was Disney that as well. Um, but yeah, okay. So Wreck-It Ralph then. Um, or the Paperman. Oh, Paperman. Yeah, we didn't yeah, really Paper do Man. the Paperman. Yeah, Man. just a lovely short, really, really beautifully drawn. Um, Worked well in 3D as well, which surprised me. But it was... Oh, by the way, I saw Wreck-It Ralph in 3D. I don't know about you two. No. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, we'll come on to that as well. Uh, but yeah, the paper, really, just a really lovely, romantic, beautiful short. Uh, the kind of film that I could have sat and watched for 90 minutes, to be honest. But but then I watched Wreck-It Ralph and I, mm-hmm. I liked that as well. Yeah, I mean, it's quite nice that Disney actually put that uh, the Paperman up on YouTube. They uploaded it themselves yeah. for free, so you can go yeah. onto YouTube and find it and watch it if you don't want to go and see Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it, it'll probably win the Oscar. Probably, and it is yeah. lovely. Yeah. yeah. So, the main feature then, Wreck-It Ralph. Mm-hmm. What do we think of that? I'm going to let oh, wait, go oh, first. Cause, am I going okay. first? You're going first, though. No, no, all right, I'll go first. I'll, I'll be okay. positive because I, 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 me and Owen have spoken about it. I, I actually really liked Wreck-It Ralph. I'm going to I'm gonna put it out there right now. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I laughed. Uh, and I can hear Owen t- cogs ticking away in his brain, but I, I genuinely laughed at this film. Um, it got me with its nostalgia because, as we all know, I'm an old man who played in arcades uh, of this type uh, in my youth. Um 
and I thought it was I thought it was a sweet story and I thought it was a story with a message I thought it was definitely a kids orientated film um and probably more so than a number of recent Pixar films like Up for example um but at the same time it, it, how I was captivated it kept me interested all the way through um some really good voice work I thought um, a few nice in jokes. I, I genuinely, I, what happened? I got a, I went to a preview screening of this, not like a proper like critics pre, just a shit munchers preview with loads of family. And I thought, oh god, it's families who've gone to see a film for free. That is the worst cinema audience I could be sat with. <laughs> but generally, they were well behaved because they were enjoying it. And my wife went with me, and she said, "Brilliant, we're we're using." a babysitting opportunity on going to see a kid's cartoon. Well done, James. That's well played, you fucking idiot. Can I just um, in and say, I went to a yeah. preview as well, and there was n- yeah. no kids in my screening at all, because it was, you had to have a, an unlimited one. card. Yeah, you had to have an unlimited <laughs> card, and it was on Tuesday, so there was no, like, you know, Orange Wednesday offer. So it was just all adults. So, ah, so that might, that might actually... That might be a part of the experience. I don't know because I, I was sat amongst families who were really enjoying yeah. the film, and I, it was quite infectious. But afterwards, yeah, even my wife said she really enjoyed that as well. And so, uh, and the film I'd taken to see previous to that was a more. So this was the most different <laughs> cinematic <laughs> experience you can possibly think of. But yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed it. But I'll, I'll let Owen speak now because I think otherwise I'll just rant on too long. Okay. Well, I'll just be brief in why I didn't like it then, because, oh. uh, yeah, I'm not trying to be, I'm really surprised that Steve liked it so much, actually. Why? Um, I thought he might be on my side a little bit. It, it's kind of a bit boring. Didn't neither of you think it was just really, there were bits of it that just weren't funny? Yeah, but I don't, I, it wasn't the funniest. The bits that weren't funny, I thought were a good story, though. It, I it, honestly it, did. It wasn't, it the, was, it's not it the funniest weird. film, but I don't think kids' films have to be funny all the way through. I think you can make a kids' film that isn't just an out-and-out comedy. And I think yeah, that's I what mean, quite a few Pixar and Disney's latest ones haven't been. Yeah, I mean, compare it to, to Brave, then, which isn't, like, a, an outrageously funny film all the way through. It has a nice story, but it's quite a sort of contemporary twist on a classic fairy tale story. Wreck-It Ralph didn't really twist anything. It, it didn't do anything new for me. It just told an old story in a slightly updated and modern way. And I thought, okay, maybe little kids are going to be into that. But anyone who's, you know, most kids nowadays have seen lots of um, animated films. You know, it's kind of part of the culture of, of being a kid now. Um, and I think, I just thought it would be a bit too boring for most kids. It was boring for me, and I was trying to, I was trying to like it. Um, I thought it started really well, actually. You know, I'm saying it's bad. Mm. It started quite well. I liked the, the little um, cameos from the, the different ca- characters from games and stuff, and it was quite nicely worked in with that, feeling like, oh, it's just going to be a film full of cameos. It was quite nicely mm. done, and they, they kind of created these characters uh, with personalities in the, their sort of bad and on meeting, which was quite funny. But then after that, I thought the characters that they've sort of got the rights to use made way a little bit for the characters they've created for the film. And I felt a little bit disappointed in that. I thought they could have made better use of some of them they had there. You know, Cuba, even, they could have used him a little bit more. He was probably used most often out of all of them, but I don't know. I just thought it was kind of just a little bit plain and the characters they created weren't that interesting to me. 
the, the best thing about it was the way it looked. I thought that is probably its strongest point. So you've got stuff like mm. in well, the main bulk of the film takes place in this sugar rush land, and it mm. did look stunning. I mean, it was mm. it was amazing. I can understand why they spent so long in the story in this world because of the amount of effort they must have put into making that. I just wanted to see more levels. I thought if you're having a game where uh, you know, a film about games and games have lots of different levels, lots of different interactive stuff. And it was just a bit, well, you've just set a whole film inside one little world, which looks quite nice, but it's, it's no longer like a game anymore. <laughs> it's just like a kid's mm. story. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I do have some gripes with it. There are a few sort of positives, but overall, I thought it was a little bit dull and boring and not very funny. So, I didn't think yeah, it was I, I, dull or boring. I, I thought it was, it was kept me entertained all the way through. And it was mm. the only the only the only issue I had with it was there was a bit too much product placement in there for my liking, and there was a fair you bit. Mean aside from the computer games, which was well, yeah, aside placement. from aside from the computer <laughs> games, which were part of the film and part of the selling point of the film, yeah. there was a lot of product placement for for sweets, basically. Yeah, and even stuff where they didn't name a brand for Cola Mountain or whatever it was. But it was blatantly in the shape of a diet coke or a coke, a cola bottle down to the grooves in the actual side of it, and there was Nesquik and there was Mentos and a couple other things. I just thought, come on, you don't need to do that. It's Disney for Christ's sake. You don't need to sell out. Just stop being dicks. But other than that, I liked the film. I thought the characters were good. I thought Fix It Felix was an arcade game that no one would ever play. No? I've played games like that. <laughs> I just thought, I've played yeah. games exactly. I just like thought, that. why would you play that when you could go something? There's a car going fast or something with guns <laughs> or virtual striker. Just tidying up, literally, just cleaning. I have played a cleaning arcade game before. <laughs> I'm old. That's, that's all we had back in the old days, Steve. <laughs> yeah, now we get things like Tractor Simulator. I bet that's a load yeah, of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Euro <laughs> Truck Simulator Two. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, no, just I, about I, Fix It Felix, just a very quick one. I did mm-hmm. like Jack McBrow in that. I thought he was probably the only character who provided a lot of laughs for me. I thought the I thought the main four characters in the film were all done very well. I thought um, Jane Lynch as um, Calhoun... I, like Sergeant Calhoun, I, she was fantastic. Yeah, I, I really, thought she was. Really I thought I thought, the, I thought her voice suited yeah. that character ideally. Yeah. It suited the character, I, but I didn't think she was. Funny. I, I, did, I don't like her in Glee either. I don't. I don't. No, wa- I, I don't watch Glee. So I don't watch Glee. Yeah, no, I don't watch. Yeah, whatever. I win. So <laughs> I like a few show Christopher Guest films and yeah. things like that. <laughs> um, yeah. um, also, I I did think that Vanellope was very Sarah Silverman, and again. I I really like that, so I I I got on board with that. I thought Wreck It Ralph was really Seth Rogen to start that. with. I didn't know any of the voices who they were before I went in. I thought it does sound a lot like Seth Rogen to start with. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Um, and but yeah, no, obviously, me and Steve are quite simple creatures who enjoyed it like children, <laughs> just like bright colours and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Bright colours really and fart jokes. It's world. Fun. That they created, I thought it was a. Good, I, I, I was fascinated by the idea of the world that they created. In the way, in fact, it hasn't. Fa- a, a film like that hasn't fascinated me in terms of world creation um, since Toy Story. 
I, I genuinely mm. loved the world. I don't think they did anything near as good as Toy Story with the world, but um, the the creation of the world it's, it's, for me it's was obviously one of the things that kept it's, going it's obviously open for sequels. There's so much scope you can go with an arcade like that if they wanted to go down that route. If they wanted mm. to, yeah. Um, did you like the, Did you like um, the twist in it as well? Owen probably didn't. He hated the film. He <laughs> hate, Owen hates fun. The twist was the twist was quite cleverly worked. Didn't I didn't. Thought. I didn't think it was obvious at all because. No. I, mm. Can we talk about it? It's a kids' film, and there's you know adults listening to this, so. Uh, I'd rather just be. Yeah, let's. Yeah, let's I'm very yeah. They, they yeah, kind no, of they no. kind of hinted at it without really explaining what it was until near the end, and then it sort of came, and you thought, yeah. "All right, oh, you did, you did, you just, I didn't see it coming at all." You know, no. there's some grown-up films that you can see the twist coming a mile off. Yeah, no, it, it was it was clever in that sense. Um, but yeah, I, I'm surprised Owen was so down on it, and Owen's surprised that we liked it so much. And I suppose that's, that's what did, films, what, what did Jerry it? think? Or yeah. do we not know if he saw it? We don't know what Jerry. Maybe maybe Jerry saw it and died. <laughs> he liked it so yeah. much. He could finally go to the afterlife. Yeah. He'd finally seen the film he needed to see. He could die happy. <laughs> oh, bless you, Jerry. We miss you. Did you not think when you saw the trailer about a year ago or whenever it was released that it would be a film that went one of two ways? It was either going to be really fantastic or it was just going to be a big letdown. No, I mean, it's, I... It's, it's not as good as Pixar's best, but it's it's good. It's not It's not like... Pixar's worst. It's you yeah. I, I enjoy it more than Cars. I enjoy it more than uh, The Incredibles. I, yeah. I enjoyed it more really? than Brave. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, oh, I think it's a bit on level with Cars for me. Wow. No, it was a lot better than that. I think it was. It, <laughs> it, the the, pl- the plot might not be original, but you know, is it? Is it? What what we've got to remember is we're we're adults reviewing a kids' film from an adult's point of view. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem with doing that. I mean, I, 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 things like Rise of the Guardians, I thought, was, you know, it's very blatantly a kid's film. And I, I, stuff like Speed Racer as well, there's stuff to take from that as an adult. But with Wreck-It Ralph, the, the bits for adults were just nostalgia. And I didn't really think that was uh, enough. I, don't, I genuinely came to laughs from me. Mm. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, mean, I, I, I suppose that's just the way it goes. I think it? even but some of the minor I, I characters it. were quite good. I like the... Um, I think his name was Gene. He was the kind of guy who seemed to be in charge of the hotel, in, uh, the apartment mm. block in Fix It Felix, who was just yes. a complete dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, I did and like I his really animation. Not... Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. There was there was, some, there was a lot of kind of 8-bit animation in jokes and things like that in there. Um, I, I liked Zangri. People who've seen the trailer would have seen Zangrief in the Bad Guys Anonymous mm. type meeting. I liked... Uh, I like seeing Zangrief. I like I like the Street Fighter Two jokes. Yeah. I um, like the uh, the Sartain joke as well with yes, Satan. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's it, it it wasn't incredible, but I, I I I genuinely enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it more than a lot of recent animations. Yeah, I can't I can't help myself, Owen. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Don't to your opinion. You're just wrong. <laughs> You'll always be wrong, Owen, because you don't like Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. 
Are we going to talk a bit about Star Wars, or are we avoiding that now? No, just, what, what, we can't keep There's, doing Star Wars every uh, week. Yeah, no, um, moratorium um, on uh, Star Wars chat for at least okay. two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that, that's Wreck-It Ralph. Essentially, go and see it. You'll probably enjoy it, unless you're Yeah, Alan I cried and, once, yeah. obviously, towards yeah. the end. So, of course you, you did. That's, that's a recommendation. Yeah. She cried more than I laughed out loud. It's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> right, what's what's next week? Uh, next week is oh, I don't know. Whatever you guys come up with, because I'm going to be in Glasgow. What um, are you doing so in Glasgow? Have you told people it about was going, Glasgow? It was going to be Die Hard, but we'll discuss. We're not sure what we're doing next I'll week. Pro- I'll, that I'll probably go and see Die Hard, but you know. I want to boycott it. If Jerry's not yeah. in, it could just be me and Owen talking to each other for an hour. <laughs> Damn it, that's amazing. Why haven't we done that before? <laughs> There's a reason for that, I think. <laughs> we'll, we'll just have an hour-long debate on our opinions on Star Wars and, yeah. Yeah. and Wreck-It Ralph. Do that, do that, please. <laughs> Compelling listening. What are you doing in Glasgow? Uh, I'm going to the Glasgow Film Festival. Um it starts on Thursday. I'm heading up there on Friday. Uh, seeing about, uh, with previews and actually tickets that I have to buy myself and stuff like that, seeing about 20 films, I think. Um, we're going to be recording a special edition of the podcast, which is just me and some random Scottish people that I've got from other, from other podcasts and blogs that I know who are going to talk to me in a pub, um, including the good man Dave McFarlane from our sister podcast, Born Offside. Um, so yeah, it's going to be seeing a lot of films. Um, the new, uh, the new Michael Winterbottom, Steve Coogan film, The Look of Love. We're going to be seeing Stoker, Cloud Atlas. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, um, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys come up with in the meantime. Mm, we'll cobble cobble something together. What's the best film on TV then? <laughs> this weekend, best film on this TV uh, this weekend. It's on uh, Turner Classic Movies at nine o'clock. Um, Three hundred. What's Zack Snyder's what day? Kick ass! It's Saturday. Saturday, nine o'clock, three hundred. This is Sparta. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> so thanks, thanks to everyone who contributed. Um, thanks for listening. Um, thanks for Kevin McLeod for doing the music and get well soon, Jerry. <laughs>